Hello and welcome to Phil Paul's podcast. This is episode number 378. My name's Adam Patterson. With me today, we got Kevin Rakestraw. Hey, Kevin. Hi. This week on the show, we will be continuing our Fantasia Festival coverage by bringing you four more reviews for movies screening at the virtual edition of Canada's Genre Film Festival, including Chasing Dream, Bleed With Me, Private Chat, and The Paper Tigers. Of course, we'll also be going over this week's new releases on VOD and Blu-ray as well. Thank you so much for joining us this week. Please remember to review us on iTunes if you get a moment. That would be super helpful. Uh, just two things I wanted to mention at the top of the show. Uh, first, I know that we're talking about Fantasia Festival this week, and as such, we are not going to be reviewing Bill and Ted Face the Music, but I just wanted to quickly mention it here and say that I did see it this weekend, and I absolutely loved it. If you have the opportunity please go out and rent it. I think you'll find it to be just a delight. It is just a, it's a beacon of positivity in an otherwise very, very depressing year. It's kind of everything that I hoped it would be really. It's, it's excellent. Excellent. So yeah, be sure to rent Bill and Ted face the music. Please don't pirate it. Please don't torn it. The, what, what Orion did making the decision to release probably one of their biggest movies ever on VOD because of the pandemic, I think was, it was a smart choice, but you know, unlike new mutants or whatever, they're actually putting safety first, even though they knew that the second that movie came out, it would, people would be pirating it. So please just rent the movie. Uh, The other thing that I think that we should mention is uh everybody's talking about the the passing of chadwick boseman and i just wanted to acknowledge it on on this show it's a terrible terrible tragedy um i've really really liked the sort of outpouring on social media of you know stories about him and and really lovely anecdotes and he seems like he was such a fantastic guy and just the fact that he was uh, going through all of that while making some of the you know biggest you know the Marvel movies and stuff like it turn, yeah. turning himself yeah. into an icon really during all of that's this. I crazy, mean, yeah, that's the craziest part to me is that like he was. It wasn't like that he was just doing work while fighting colon cancer. Is that he was doing like huge work, like he was becoming. Like you said, an icon. Mm-hmm. It's insane. Yeah, it's it's just just terribly sad. It was it was quite an evening for me because I, I, I had just come off of Bill and Ted three, and I was just feeling so great. You know, I had so much positivity in my heart after watching that, and like immediately after, I the credits were started to roll. I checked my phone and I saw it, and I was just like, oh my god, just yeah. just awful, just awful. All right. Let's try to try to be a little bit more uplifting here and talk about some of our movies. I don't know how uplifting we're going to be with this batch, unfortunately, but yeah, let's, let's see what we can do. <laughs> I guess I guess we can go in the order in which I mentioned them. We're starting off with Chasing Dream. This is the new one from Johnny Toe. Uh, now, if you've listened to our show in the past, we're both pretty pretty big fans of Johnny Toe's work. Uh, straight up love a bunch of his movies so remember full time killer I was just reminded of that Mm -hmm. man full time killer so good just so good I have a synopsis here for this one strap in because I read this synopsis to myself (laughs) earlier (laughs) here we go a young man and woman are meeting each other and establishes a special relationship due to debt problems him finds that her have a singing talent and help her develop a singing career. For its part, he also strives to become the champion of the boxing championship. Both have the same state of mind and fight for their dream. Even if they burn their lives, they will have no regrets in this life. Uh, So that seems like a Google Translate Mm -hmm. synopsis. What you have here now, surprisingly, it does sort of summarize the movie. (laughs) I mean, 
I mean, it's better than some of the other ones. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's def- it definitely does describe the movie. This is kind of an odd one. What you have here is sort of two stories that are happening at, at the same time. You have this, this guy who's, a, who's an MMA fighter, and his, his story, he finds out that he can't continue fighting because he has a myriad of health issues that are related to his fighting. He runs the risk of getting glaucoma, going blind... Parkinson's, he's, his liver's failing, all these issues. So it's his journey. And then it's also uh, this young woman that he meets and sort of falls for and her journey to become a famous singer. And the movie's kind of really all over the place. I mean, this movie's just, it's like mm-hmm. one of these kitchen sink type movies where it, it's a musical of sorts but it's also this kind of sports film, but it's also this kind of weird, like quirky comedy. But then it's also this really kind of heavy drama. And then there's also a love story in there too. (laughs) It's pretty much everything. Yeah. There's, there's so much crammed into this movie. And I got to say, like for me, it just was not hitting the right notes for me. Like I just, I really, really struggled getting through this movie it's just under two hours just shy of two hours and uh, it was really fighting with me to hold my attention i just couldn't get on board with the tone like just the, the crazy tonal shifts that it was making and you know there there would be like one segment where i was starting to get into it a little bit and then it would completely shift gears and i'd be pulled out of it again so i just really really struggled with this movie yeah, and I definitely did in the from the outset. Number one, because I had no idea what Chasing Dream was about. I didn't know anything about it. it was just, you told me it was the new John Toe, so I was like, all right, yeah, I'll watch that. So, you know, it the way that it starts off, you're like, okay, this is like a MMA fighting. Gotcha, gotcha. And then you quickly realize that it's going to be a number of things all at once. And it's and you, like you said, the, the, the tonal shift to it is really off-putting. Like, you just, like, I couldn't get my footing with this film, you know, within, like, the first, like, half hour. I just, I didn't know what the fuck was going on. I didn't know what we were doing. Um, and the other thing that makes it difficult, two-parter, is, one, the acting is all very, very exaggerated. Like, they're, they're just really into it, which was a little bit difficult. And then also, it just seemed like everything was CG. <laughs> everything just seemed extremely fake. Like everything, like yeah. background, mm-hmm. like I just every inch of this movie was CG except for the people. It's but re- even then, the people are doing you know like wire stunts when they don't really need to be. They're just like flying around. Yeah, every it's, just, it's something. Everything is over exaggerated. Everything is very animated, and and by that I mean like. The characters are mm-hmm. overacting. The situations that they're in are just over the top. I mean, it's it's hyper stylized. This movie mm-hmm. and the 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 energy level is just at a constant fever pitch in this movie too. You're just you, you have no opportunity to like sort of catch your breath and just really kind of assess what you just watched because it's just going from one thing to the next to the next to the next and like. I, I just didn't. And what it what it's hopping to and from are so completely different. Yeah, it's very. What really throws you off too is that you're in like hyper stylized MMA fighting going on, and the next thing you know, it's this American Idol competition. Yeah, and it's just, I like it's tough because I was a lot like you, where I would kind of get into it, like I would just kind of, I would you know, give myself over to what was going on. And I'm like, you know what? This isn't normally my type of thing, but I got to give it to them. You know, they're doing a pretty good job of this, all things considered, considering everything that this movie is. I got to say, like, to me, it could have been a complete train wreck, and I'm pretty surprised that it's not. Um, But you're right. Like, I would 
kind of get get into it and then I'd be taken out and then I would kind of get into it and be taken out, which makes it really, really difficult in terms of like trying to assess this movie. Because if you ask me now, I would say, you know, it's like, oh, it's, it's like a five. I'm like right down the middle because I enjoy half of it. The other half is a bit too much for me. Uh, you could ask me 10 minutes from now and I would say that it's like a seven because, you know, I was just overall impressed with all of it. Uh, and then you could ask me 10 minutes from that and I would say it's like a three because it's just, it's, it's way too sickening. Yeah. It's, it's very, it, to me, it's very messy. It's like taking two movies and just splicing them into one. And I mean, it's just, it was just too much. I mean, they're, they're full on dance musical numbers in this too. Like oh, big, big ones. Too. Full, full, big like, yeah. Big, big musical numbers in this, which is just crazy. Like, I the, the only thing I knew about it going into it, aside from it being Johnny Toe's new movie, was that the, I thought that it was going to be like a an MMA like fighting story, but it's just so much more than that. <laughs> so I didn't know that I didn't know about the whole American Idol style, like that whole half of it. Yeah. Either. And then you have him like trying to open up a hot pot. Yeah. Restaurant. He's trying to open up a restaurant to... too. <laughs> And then there's the, like, the yeah, whole the romance. The, the romance thing, the boxing gym, you know, they're, they're running yeah, out of food at the boxing gym. And then there's the, the granny's story and her, uh, there's so much in this movie. It's just jam packed with content that doesn't seem to ever quite fit together. Yeah. Like the, ro- again, like there is a part of me that's like kind of impressed that this isn't just an absolute train wreck. Uh, no, I don't think it's a train wreck, but I think that it comes very close. Like, I feel like most of the wheels are off the track. There's like one wheel. There's like one wheel yeah, holding it every, on. But everyone's like really excited about it. Yeah, it's, just, and I think I think that's what helped it for me, especially the main the main guy. Like, he's just he is fucking. He's so enthusiastic. Yeah, he's about pumped. Everything. He's he's so pumped. <laughs> Like especially eating, like he really loves to eat. Mm-hmm. Man, he just he's yeah. just scarfing throughout this whole movie. He's just shoving, just shoving, shoveling food in his face. And I did, I did like that uh, that reoccurring joke of the the rocker girl ended up in a full body. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that's 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 the thing. Like, there's this whole comedy aspect of it too. Like, so right when. Whenever anything gets a little bit too serious, Johnny Toe wants to remind the audience that this is like this sort of fancy, like crazy over the top story. And like you have these little goofy moments in it where, yeah, like this, this one, one of the contestants at the American Idol, it's called like Diva. I can't remember what the name of the actual show is. Perfect Diva, I think. Perfect Diva, yeah. Something like that. You have this one contestant where every time you see her, she has some other, like, horrific injury. And I think that that just plays into the the drama. He's sort of poking fun at the drama of those reality dancing or uh, reality singing competitions. And, yeah, I thought that was was pretty funny. Oh, God. A lot of the a lot of the humor, unfortunately, a lot of the humor didn't really work for me. Like I just thought it was too cartoonish and silly. Like it, it felt more. Yeah. It felt it felt more like uh, like the comedies that we would see coming out of China in like the eighties and nineties, where it was just so ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. Overall. It's something else. <laughs> it's it's something else. I mean, it it really like I when I was watching this, I sent you a message. I, I was I thought it was over. Like I thought the movie was was over, and I realized that I had an hour left. <laughs> yeah, because there, yeah. there's like this one, there's this like one thing, and it feels like it's kind of at a stopping point where like he wins this big fight, and she she wins the like singing thing, and you're just like, oh okay, well. There we go. It's all wrapped up, but the, no, there's an hour left. 
Yeah, and then, which is, it gets even crazier because then his master, his boxing teacher, is like, I'm going to fight this dude. And it's like, you're like 50 years old and you haven't trained. Uh, like, you're going to get destroyed. He's going to murder you. Yeah, and he wasn't even an MMA fighter. <laughs> He's a boxer. <laughs> it wasn't really in shape. Yeah, it, for for me, it was just too too scattered, too scattershot, too much going on. Wasn't focused enough for me. Um, I I don't see myself scoring this anything higher than a than a five. I'm, you know, I'm probably going to be like a four and a half on this one and yeah i'm not gonna fluctuate with that score it's gonna stay <laughs> yeah. it's gonna stay like a four and a half for me because i just like you said there are moments that i was into it i was really into it. i liked i liked a lot of the fight scenes even though yes they did un- unnecessarily use wires sometimes um i still thought that the fight scenes looked good like they were shot well and well and i think that's that's the thing for me is that like all these elements if they were separate they're all well done it's just not my cup of tea all of them being together right like it's it's just like a crazy hog maw of a movie (laughs) and then there was like (laughs) the whole thing where like one of the judges on the diva show was like her ex-boyfriend too so there was that whole conflict yeah stole all of her music and that's how he became yeah there's it's just it's just not my cup of tea. Like it's not a poorly made movie or anything in my eyes. It's just not my thing. Yeah, it's just yeah, just way way too too much. So unwieldy. It is very very unwieldy. <laughs> I mean, props to Johnny Toe for taking all of those things and That's I mean. managing That's to put them together. Unfortunately, that's not enough for me to be like, yeah, "Yeah, you should seek this movie out immediately. It's wild. If you're looking for a, essentially like an MMA remake of all the Rocky movies with an American Idol competition crammed in and a romance movie and large musical dance numbers plus debt collecting plus restaurant stuff. Restaurant management. (laughs) It has. A restaurant management drama. (laughs) It has just about everything. Because I was pretty excited when he got that restaurant because his enthusiasm, you thought his enthusiasm was high to begin with. When he finally gets the restaurant, it like triples. And you're just like, this guy is fucking living his dream. I'm so happy for this dude. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's definitely, I think the first thing you said to me was it's different. And, uh, I, (laughs) I can wholeheartedly mirror that sentiment. It is, it is different. Sure is. Sure is. Let's, let's move on and talk about our next film. Bleed with me. This is directed by Amelia Moses. I have a synopsis here. At an isolated winter cabin, a young woman begins to suspect that her best friend is stealing her blood. Yes. Now, this is, a, this is kind of an interesting one. Uh, we had a conversation offline about this briefly today, too. Uh, a lot of people are really high on this one. A lot of people are, are saying it's like one of the best movies of the festival and all of this. Uh, however, I think that we both wholeheartedly disagree with that. In fact, for me, this was one of the low points of the festival. I just could not get on board with bleed with me at at all, like in any regard. Yes. I think that it's, uh, you know, I, I like slow burn horror movies. This is, this is one of these sort of no burn horror movies where, nothing really happens at all. And, you know, it's, it's this kind of psychological thriller where you're not sure if, if uh, what, what is happening is real or if, you know, the, the main character of Rowan is, if she's imagining things, if she's hurting herself because she keeps waking up and she has like cuts on her arm 
and you know that there's like some sort of history of trauma in her past. But for me, it was just poorly made on a technical level. Like I did not find the performances to be believable or compelling whatsoever. I thought that the characters were fairly one note. Uh, I thought that the script was very poorly written. Like people don't talk like how they talk in this movie. It does not feel natural to me. The amount of times I want to play a drinking game where you take a shot every time someone says Rowan in this movie, because it's just like every two seconds, Rowan, Rowan, Rowan. Like who who says their friends' names that many time times? Yeah, it's it's uh, it's really difficult. And I remember you know, texting you while watching this movie because that's the number one thing I hate in terms of independent films. And this is something that you always see in independent films. It's the dialogue where it's so frustrating that someone will say something to someone and the other person will just not respond at all. Just doesn't say a word. You know, someone says goodnight, the other person, absolutely nothing. And it's like, who, who acts like this? Like just common decency. Just to be like, yeah, you too. Something. Just a, some sort of acknowledgement. And that's like the entirety of this movie. is just someone saying something and the other person just absolutely not saying a word. You know, the person wakes up and it's like, hey, you're bleeding. That person that's bleeding doesn't say anything. Absolutely nothing. Which is just, it's so unbelievably frustrating because it's just like, you don't feel like people. Like none of these characters feel like real people. To me, they just felt like set dressing. That's it. Like, no one acts like a person. And it's really, really difficult to get in. This is a movie that was, for me, every single aspect of it was completely unengaging. Yeah, like, I, nothing worked for me on any level. Yeah, I, unfortunately, I, I agree with you 100%. I was, I found <clears throat> it to be just way too dry. I could not connect with any of the characters. And I, and I think again, it just has to do with the script, just not working for me on any level. Like it was just a, it was like a, you know, set in this kind of bland cabin. And I feel like it's just, we've seen so many of these movies where, Oh, it takes place in an isolated cabin and they're dealing. It's a psychological thriller and they're dealing with inner turmoil. And it's just, but there, there was just oh, nothing yeah. here. There's, it, it didn't add anything to the conversation. And, and I think that that was one of the frustrating aspects of it. It just it doesn't go anywhere. And that's the thing that really, really gets me. Because, A, the reason I picked this movie is because of that synopsis. Stealing her blood. I'm like, okay, I don't know if I've really seen a movie where someone suspects their friend of stealing their blood. Yeah. Like, that should be interesting. Yeah. But it's not really. Because it does the same thing that we've seen in so many movies, which is, is this stuff really happening? Is she seeing, like, is it drugs? Is she, you know, is this stuff really happening? And I'm just, at this point in time in my life, with movies like this, I'm just like, you figure it out. You let me know when stuff is actually happening, and then I will pay attention. (laughs) Because I don't have time for this where you, like, show me something, and then it's a quick cut to be like, actually, that didn't happen. But you're wasting my time. I'm sorry. Yeah. Where something will happen and then it shows the character waking up and you're like, uh-oh, was it a dream? Yeah. Was it yeah. real? I, said, I, don't, I don't have time for that. We know she sleepwalks. Did she sleepwalk it? Figure, she t- yeah. Figure it out. Get back to me. <laughs> Figure it out. Yeah, I uh, I don't have anything else to add. I, I just, this one... Did not work for me on any level, unfortunately. I'm glad that I'm glad that other people are really digging it. And I'm glad that it's speaking to people on some level, but just for me, it was not there. I didn't think it was yeah. good on yeah, really any level. There's one. There's one other thing. There's a number of times where uh, the main character Rowan, like she progressively gets worse and she's in bed a lot, right? And there's a number of times where she's in bed, the door's closed, and the couple that she's spending the weekend with are, like, just outside the door talking about what's going on. And 
this is with something that I got confused with. And that's why I asked you, like, did I miss something? Because I couldn't, no matter how high I turned the volume up, I couldn't understand what they were saying <laughs> outside of the door. And I'm like, am I supposed to be like hearing this stuff? Or am I supposed to be like Rowan where I like, I can make out bits and pieces. Like I'm not a hundred percent sure. Like if there was anything there, cause I just missed all of it, which brought me to something that kind of irritates me with screeners is that a large majority of screeners have no subtitle options. Correct. Which is, really really frustrating and like i don't even actually have a problem i mean i might if i went to a doctor i have trouble hearing things but for people that are actually like hearing impaired it seems like it might be a good fucking idea to have subtitles i know i I often not often but i have thought about that before like what i mean there there are film critics who are hearing impaired and what what do they do in those situations especially because you know a lot of times and i know this is like totally inside baseball and it's totally like a first world problem type thing but a lot of times you get a screener and it will not be a very good quality and like the audio is not great and the video is not great and like what what do what do people who have you know hearing hearing or sight disabilities do during these times yeah because i know for me like i I have i have really poor eyesight and like i when i watch movies i try to watch it on a very large screen and you know for some of these movies it's like look it looks it looks really really bad when you blow it up to a large screen well in a movie like this too which is another issue that i have with a lot of these movies that are going through the you know the slow burn uh, trying to create this like atmosphere of dread or you know whatever you want to call it. There's so much of them are just black, like you just you can't see anything. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like I can't see anything. Everything's black. I can't understand anyone. No one's really talking to begin with, and when they do talk, I can't hear them. Like, I, all right, what's the point of me even watching this? And I never, I never even got a sense that any of these people really knew. They, they didn't know. It felt like they didn't know each other at all. Even the boyfriend and girlfriend, it felt like they didn't really know each other. Yeah. And they that's, certainly didn't that's know the Rowan. Thing was all yeah, that's the thing that got me. It's like, none of these pe- people felt like people. I, like, I didn't even think that they were friends. Like, it seemed like Rowan was like a co-worker of the other woman. And like, they barely knew each other. But then... All of a sudden, you have like the boyfriend, like we just want to help you, Rowan. We just want to, we just want to help. Like, maybe you should just end this trip. Maybe this trip is just not working out, and you need to go home. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, especially because you won't even talk to each other. What's <laughs> There's no communication here. <laughs> no, it just doesn't seem like people that would go on trips with each other. It, like, it if I don't not. like being around people and talking to people, if you ask me, hey, you want to come to my cabin? Me and my boyfriend are going to the cabin. You want to come along? I'm going to be like, no, I'm going to stay at home because I don't like talking to people. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's yeah. Unfortunately, that one's that one's a miss. Uh, bleed with me. Yes. Moving on to another one that I think that both of us will say is also a miss. We have private chat. This is directed by Ben Hosey. I have a synopsis here for this one. An erotic drama where love, loneliness, and yearning play out online and IRL. Jack is an internet gambler living in NYC. After the death of his roommate, he becomes fixated on Scarlett, a cam girl from San Francisco. His obsession reaches a boiling point when fantasy materializes in reality and Jack sees Scarlett on a rainy New York City Chinatown street. Kevin, start us off with this one. What did you think of private chat? Uh, I did not like private chat. And I found this far more, I don't know, it, it pissed me off more than Believe With Me. Believe With Me didn't really piss me off. I was just like, okay, there's nothing really happening. I don't enjoy this. Private Chat is a movie that just kind of pissed me off. Because A, I hated the main character. Also, this has nothing to do with the movie. It just, uh, it kept throwing me off because I kept thinking he was the the guy, the kid from Stranger Things, the hair guy, <laughs> the guy with the hair. Yeah, yeah. I forget what that guy's name is. 
Is it? Uh, I can't but, remember. Is it like Steve? Uh, Steve? In his character name? I I know who you're talking about though. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it just felt like this, like really skeezy fantasy world where this guy gets obsessed with a dominatrix on on the internet and everything just works out for him. You know, I mean, <laughs> yeah, he has some, some things that like don't work out, but overall, you know, he stalks the hell out of her, you know, Scarlet played by Julia Fox. stalks the hell out of her, finds out that she does, she lives in New York. So, you know, he's a creeper and stalks her and then also like breaks into her house and you know, at the end, he gets a girl. So you just got to stalk enough. You know, if you just hang in there, things will work out for you. Give me a fucking break. I feel the exact same way as you. And I, uh, in my written review, I discussed this and how I feel like this is a possibly damaging movie. And I don't, I don't, I don't feel like the director was intending on it to be sort of a a movie that that does that but it that that is what happens i mean especially what happens at the end the finale is what really undoes everything in this movie and i think having a the central character be the creepy online stalker person is you know you can do that but there has to be consequences and Unfortunately, like what happens in this movie is is not that he's not a sympathetic character. He deserves to have bad things happen to him because he's a bad person, and it none of that plays out in the movie. There are really no consequences, and the consequences that do happen are so you know surface level, like it doesn't, it hardly even matters. And yeah, I think that. You know, having the the focus be on the like stalker guy as opposed to the the sex worker, I think that that is also reductive. Like, he should not be the central character here. It should be Julia Fox's character, Scarlet. Like, she should be the one taking center stage, who's having you know this creepy guy stalking her. But I feel like it's like this is like an incel type movie like i think that incels could get behind this movie and and what happens in it and i can understand having a character you know yes he's unlikable he's awful person bad things should happen to him and in the real world a lot of times bad things don't happen to these people so that's understandable but the choices that julia fox's character makes towards the end is what undoes it for me and this is something that that gets me because this is two movies now that this has happened. I think the thing that really, really gets me is the fact that, that she's a dom and that you have the same thing in the movie dogs don't wear pants where you have women that are, you know, they're doms where it's like their whole thing is them being in charge. They're dominating you. And in both movies, these guys just they stalk and stalk and stalk. And then finally the woman decides to, turn over a new leaf and changes it. And she's, she's not going to dominate you and humiliate you anymore. She's, she's going to meet you halfway. Well, yeah. And this is the funny thing. And I, I also mentioned that in my written review where you have this character, Julia, Julia Fox's character is on the surface. But like when you first, when you're first introduced to her, she seems like this, like, you know, powerful, uh, in control person. But then when you look at her, real life she's she's the one who is just constantly dominated by all the men in her life and i think that writing it that way is i just don't think that it is it's something that we sh- we should be reflecting like at you know write a stronger character it just, doesn't work. It, just, it just doesn't work like it doesn't add up like i mean not only not only does she uh, start to come around on Jack and his actions, but there is a little bit of the story where we see like her personal life. So the perspective does change every now and then over to 
uh, Julia Fox's character, Scarlet, and like she's basically just working so that she can pay for her boyfriend's stupid bullshit play or whatever. <laughs> I was confused by that because it's like we got the liquor license, Dukes is open, and then like they're doing a play. Yeah. Well, I like, I don't know how New York works. Well, if it's like a the, the boyfriend- small theater in the front of their apartment that has a liquor license (laughs) (laughs) seating for 14 people yeah new york's gonna be raking in that money new york's a weird place man it it, it, yeah the the boyfriend's a piece of shit too and and i just had this really bad taste in my mouth throughout this this whole movie and where it went again especially the the finale i think that the finale is what really undoes the whole thing and I think it could have turned out very differently had the climax been different. Um, there's, I just, it bothers me again, two movies now, and maybe there's more, but there's two movies where there's a dominatrix, you know, this very strong woman, you know, in control, making money for herself. And that getting completely changed by a stalker and both are directed by men. It's just, it doesn't add up. It doesn't work. There's no way. It it does feel like this kind of weird perv fantasy movie. I would say if you're looking for a, a good thriller that explores the world of uh, doing webcam shows, check out the movie Cam by Daniel Goldhaber. That movie, I think, does a really good job of exploring that that whole world, which I think is is a fascinating one. I mean, we're there. I believe the whole like cam girl uh, industry is sort of exploding right now, as as you know, the technology gets better and more accessible and everything. And it there are inherent dangers to that line of work that I don't think a lot oh, of people yeah. really think about or consider. And this, this was a movie that seemed to want to explore that, but never really, never really did it. And um, I think a movie like cam does a much better job of looking at that, at that um, vocation and, and the perils that could occur for anyone who decides to get into that line of work. And I just don't, I feel like we need we need more movies that 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 support uh, people who decide to get into the the sex work profession, and I feel like that this movie does not do that. It I that, again, I feel like that it's reductive when it comes to its subject matter, and it just bothered me the whole time. And then plus, I feel like that there's a lot of sort of. <laughs> these like pseudo provocative moments in this movie where, you know, they, they, they show pretty much everything. There's a lot of like jerking off scenes in this, like Peter Vack just jerks it. He's just always jerking off and they, 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 you know, they were like, Oh, let's, let's show it. Let's have this dude actually be jerking off in this scene. And yeah, I think that, I think that, you know, compounds things that you have a movie that's just not really working on that level and being reductive and being really creepy and skeezy. And then on top of it, be like, you know what? Like a fifth of this movie is just going to be this guy jerking off. How about that? And you're just like, I don't want to watch him jerk off. That's not, that's not why I watch movies. Right. So I didn't, I didn't think that that was necessary at all to to show that um and i think that just to try to throw in a positive here with this movie i thought that it looked good i liked the representation of new york in this um the fact that a lot of it took place in chinatown at night and i think that hosey sort of did a good job in capturing that sort of new york grime that i love so much Mm-hmm. So you have like a lot of these, you know, handheld shots, just tracking Jack as he's wandering around Chinatown at night, going into bodegas and stuff like that. And I think that it was a good representation of the city. 
but that's that's pretty much where my uh my positive thoughts end on private chat yeah buddy duress is in there yep so get to get to see him i always like to see him in movies that's really the main reason i picked this movie is because of him and i i forget what i read but he just said like new york scuzz and i was like all right yeah i'm down i'm in down for some New York scuzz. Felt like it, it felt yeah. like, it felt like Hosey was trying to channel Abel Ferrara in this, and it yeah, it might have worked on a on a slight visual level, but uh, every everything else uh, did not really work. But then again, Ferrara is really hit or miss for me, so maybe 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 it did work. Just gotta hang in there with your stalking. Be resilient. It's degenerate gambling. Fucking work out for you, which didn't make sense to me. He does on, online gambling, blackjack. <laughs> I don't know how he's making any money yeah. doing that. Like, they're all rigged. Yeah. Yep. Yep. All right. That's private chat. Um, yeah. Unfortunately, I, I can't recommend that one. Let's go ahead and give it a score. This one's really tough for me. Actually, I think I. I can't remember if I scored it in my review, which is not up yet, but will be by the time this comes out. Um, yeah, for me, it's like probably a two and a half. Yeah, this is like a one. <laughs> oh, so one. This is no, no. All right, let's end things on a high note. Our final movie that we're going to be talking about is The Paper Tigers. This is directed by Kwok Bo Chan. I have a synopsis here. Three Kung Fu prodigies have grown into washed up middle-aged men. Now one kick away from pulling their hamstrings, but when their master is murdered, they must juggle their dead end jobs, dad duties and old grudges to avenge his death. This one was interesting to me because I think movies, movies like this, like, this this movie is a very light, funny, energetic action comedy that it has a a positive message and it's just it's just a good time. And I think that like Bill and Ted Three, uh movies that have this sort of positive tone to them, I I, I think at least for me, are getting a big bump in my enjoyment just because of the times we're living in. So I think any movies that come out that make you feel good, any feel good movies that happen to come out, I'm, I think that I'm reviewing them more favorably than maybe I would otherwise, but I don't know. Either way, I really had a good time with the paper tigers. Yeah, this was a, this was quite a surprise. I was not expecting this movie to be as good as it is. And to me, it feels it feels very, very much like a throwback. <clears throat> this feels like an old movie to me, and I don't mean that in the sense of like, you know, they they play up to like nostalgia or anything along those lines. It just it has that feeling of an old movie where it, like it has heart, but it's not like it doesn't come off corny, but it it kind of toes that line, like it gets close kind of pushes that envelope being like and just crossing over and being overly corny and like it just worked i don't know if it was like the mood that i was in like this was the perfect thing for that moment Mm -hmm. for me yeah it was like a bomb and it just i was i was so into it and especially like the opening sequence where you have these three you know these the three prodigies and I guess their thing, you know, when they were teenagers is they went around with their camcorder and anytime they got into a fight, they filmed it, which, so like the whole opening kind of giving you an idea of who these kids are, is just a bunch of, you know, VHS tapes of them kicking the shit out of people. And you're just like, this is fucking great. Uh, yeah. And I think that the, the, one of the things with that is that the, the fight choreography is actually really good. And yeah. So when like you're seeing when you're seeing these like old 
you know, VHS style footage of these kids getting into these fights. It's exciting. Like, you're just like, damn, like, especially when, um, they, I think it was like the last segment of that where they fought Carter the the last time and he (laughs) threw him into, he smashed him through a wall and you're just like, whoa, uh, yeah, I I, com- uh, I completely mirror your sentiment here. I I think that it is it does feel like a throwback in a lot of ways, and it does gain it does get very very close to that kind of sappiness and like over sentimentality. But it never it never for me it never crosses the line. It never completely goes overboard with the uh, you know the heartfelt cheesiness. It it yeah gets very close but i feel like it never never quite goes over the edge into the that kind of sappy territory no because it seems like he he knows exactly how to balance it It, it, to me it was well balanced throughout it's like anytime that it got close to that cheesiness that you know over sentimental you know like it'd be a perfectly placed joke or a perfectly placed visual gag you know, or a fight sequence. Like it was just like the pacing of it and the balance of everything throughout this movie. Just, it works perfectly for me. Yeah. And I really liked the three main guys. Like the, I, I want it to be a franchise. Like I want to see more of them. I, that, that, yeah, that was exactly what I thought at the end. Like I would love to see a sequel to this. Like, I don't know where, where they would go with it or anything, but, uh, I, liked the characters so much and I enjoyed the story so much that I could spend more time with these characters in this world and like just see things develop further you know like it's a story where you know these people they're they're learning stuff they're learning from each other they're learning from kung fu they're learning from all of this and um where it goes I feel like yeah let's just see let's see let's see where it goes from here <laughs> Yeah, and like, and not only do I want you know to the, them to extend out the three tigers and what they're doing from henceforth, but I also want like a prequel, like let's get a movie focusing on the three teens doing the kung fu too. Like, let's just open this up. <laughs> Turn into a the, the world, paper the world tigers extended thing. universe. Let's go. <laughs> I'm totally for it, honestly. I just like it's like the you could have the prequel is just like Carter gets the shit kicked out of him like forty seven times. <laughs> it's it's so it funny. Like Carter was just fighting every day. It's and he just never won. No, it's so funny too because like when you see, I think there is a trailer. There is a trailer for this out, and the trailer doesn't make it look great. And I think that there is a lot of opportunity for this to just not just not land but when you have a a a very well developed script and you combine that with really great comedic beats and and it should be underscored that the blend of action and comedy and heart in this is really well done like it never gets too serious it the the action while it's not like wall-to-wall action they pace out. There are actually fight scenes. There are scenes when these guys will encounter people and they, and they do fight. So it's all just so perfectly balanced. And when you see the trailer, you're just like, Oh, that looks kind of, I don't know if that's going to really work. It seems kind of cheesy. It never, it, it, it's deceptive in that way where I think that the fact that all of these elements are so well done that it creates this really great package that sort of reminds me of like uncle drew in, in, in some regard. And then also the Cobra Kai series, the, the karate kid series that came out on YouTube and is now on Netflix. It kind of feels a little bit reminiscent of that deals with some of the same themes of aging and stuff like that. But man, it's uh quite, quite good. And I highly recommend it. Yeah, and I think that the, the thing that gets me the most is like we said it before, but to reiterate, the choreo- the fight choreography is really fucking good. Like it's it's exciting. The fight scenes are exciting. Oh yeah, 
And even though like these guys are are older now, like they still they still got the moves and you know that I mean it's it's predictable. It's a predictable story. Like you can kind of see yeah. where it's going to go. Uh like so many of these stories like this, but even though you you have an idea of where it's going to go, it's still exciting. Like you still like you know that oh these guys they're they're getting back into it. They're 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 kind of sucking at they're first. They're losing the fights, but you know, the, like in the back of your mind, you know that they're going to come out on top and they're going to continue to de- develop their skills and it's going to come back to them. Like, Oh yeah, it's, it's coming back. You can tell that it's coming back and they're going to kick some ass. These guys breathing down. You remember to breathe. Mm-hmm. Breathing's coming back. So we'll, we'll oh, that, fuck out. That reminds me. I also, liked how they handled the the whole like meditation thing where he when he yeah like the visuals yeah when he slows down his breathing and he can sort of really focus and how they did like the kind of trails i thought that was really well represented too looked really cool so yeah paper tigers man this just it hit all the right notes for me i think that it is a movie that came out at a, a, a moment in time when all of us are sort of yearning for feel good movies, just things that sort of reaffirm humanity for us. And this definitely does that. I felt great afterwards. Yeah. And I mean, again, this, uh, this happens occasionally, but talking about paper tigers, I kind of just want to watch paper tigers again. Yeah. I mean, this is, this is definitely a movie that I will be rewatching. I think it did get picked up. I can't remember who picked it up, but I'm pretty sure I read that it that it was picked up by by someone. So hopefully we'll be seeing this uh, released fairly soon. Uh, let's go ahead and give it a score. What are you going to give Paper Tigers? Paper Tigers an eight. I'm also giving it an eight. Uh, really, really solid. Certainly one of the highlights of the festival for me. Looking at the festival as a whole, I think that I was a little concerned. Uh, about the whole virtual edition. I was concerned that like some, some filmmakers are kind of holding back on submitting their movies to festivals just because of the whole virtual thing. So I was a little concerned about that, but I saw a ton of really great movies at this year's Fantasia festival. And I think that it's still probably my like number one or number two film festival. As far as like, originality like when you watch as many movies as i do all the time uh everything starts to feel the same and like you just sort of have this yearning for something different you know a unique story and i think that fantasia festival does a really good job programming stories that are unique for instance we didn't get to cover it on on the show but i'll i'll have a review up for survival skills directed by Quinn Armstrong, which is the, the whole premise of the movie is that it's a 1988 police training video. And it feels, it's almost like sort of like a adult swim, like a really dark one-off thing where things start to get very meta and twisted. And it's, I had some problems with it, but it definitely gets bonus points for originality. I've never seen a movie like that before. <laughs> so uh, we'll have more reviews up on the site. I, I posted a bunch already, so you can go read them. And then there's going to be some more that are going to be coming out throughout this week. Uh, but overall, yeah, another really great year for Fantasia Festival. And The Reckoning was horrible. The, the new Neil Marshall movie, which is funny because that's one that I was like really excited for because I like Neil Marshall. And mm-hmm. this movie was horrendous. So there you have it. Mm. Mm. Uh, any closing remarks on Fantasia Festival before we close it out? No, I don't think so. I think I'm good. This is, uh, I think this is the, is this your first year covering Fantasia? I think so. I think it is. Uh, I know I've, I've covered it for like the last three or four years, but I don't think we ever actually covered it on the show no what are your what are your thoughts you like it i did yeah 
there was a lot of other stuff that I wish I got to see, especially considering some of the ones that I did see. I wish I had those were replaced with other things. I think it would have worked out a lot better. But yeah, I enjoyed it because there was, there was a lot of stuff that, that sounded interesting, like you said, where there's like at least some originality. The Oak Room was another interesting one. It's all about storytelling, and it's sort of like a movie within a movie within a movie, and it, it sort of plays on the idea of storytelling and goosing the truth and all of that, and that, that, was, mm-hmm. that was interesting. There's some docs in there. We talked about Class Action Park, and there's Feels Good Man, which is a, a documentary about the creator of Pepe the Frog, and that was really fascinating and really well made. There's some really good animation in that. Yeah, just a lot of really good stuff. Uh, if you're into Asian cinema, there's a lot of really solid Japanese films in there. I saw this movie called Kakigurui. Probably mispronouncing that, but it's about a high school that everyone at the high school is obsessed with gambling. It's, a, it's an anime adaptation, but it's a pretty well done anime adaptation a lot of them are really hit or miss the mortuary collection is this really amazing uh horror anthology that is sort of this really great throwback to creep show and older horror anthologies that i really had a great time with just tons of stuff so i'm there's still a bunch that i plan on covering on the site so be sure to to check that out as well there's there's still a handful that i haven't watched yet that i plan on getting to he's not done he's not done not yet this is the last week though we're wrapping it up we're wrapping it up okay okay let's let's take a look at what we have on vod this week we got children of the sea this is on the first we got hashtag unfit which is a documentary about trump we have a night of horror this is a mm. horror anthology doesn't look great we have on the fourth, The Owners, which is a horror film. Might be checking that one out. It's got a kind of a cool premise. It's about a group of kids that like break into a house to to rob it, and then they find out that there's something something crazy going on in that house. No oh, man, you got to be careful breaking into houses. What was it? What was that movie? Um, that I really liked it. They're making a sequel. Uh, don't breathe. Don't breathe. Don't breathe. Yeah. Fide, yeah. The Fide Alvarez one. Yeah, like that. Seems to be happening a lot. You break into a house and there's bad stuff going on. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We got Feels Good Man. Uh, we have Still Here. And that's about all I got on the VOD front. On Blu-ray this week, we have Pitch Black. That's going to be a 4K release. We have the Goonies on 4K and Beetlejuice on 4K. It's exciting. And we have Terrified from 2017. This was a really, really creepy horror movie. Oh, yeah? I think it's a Spanish horror movie, if I remember correctly. But, man, it's on Shudder. So you can check it out on there if you have it. But it's genuinely scary. Nice. The 11th Commandment from 1986. Children of the Sea, Clockwise, from 1986, starring John Cleese. Blood Quantum is coming out. If you haven't checked that out yet, I would, I would recommend That's mm-hmm. also a Shudder. Looks like a bunch of Shudder movies are coming out on Blu-ray this week, because Z is also coming out. The, uh, that comedy Irresistible with Steve Carell, directed by Jon Stewart, that's coming out. Uh, Rogue, starring Megan Fox. Baba Yaga. Terror of the Dark Forest. Mm. Young Sheldon, the complete, the complete third season. No. There's three seasons of that? <laughs> Evidently. Evidently. Come on. Or maybe it's great, you know? <laughs> I haven't seen it. Come on. Uh, that's pretty much it. What about Criterion? Is anything on Criterion this week? There's no criterions. Taking the week off. None. We gotta make room for Young Sheldon. You can't <laughs> fuck with that. Season three. <laughs> gotta give Young Sheldon. Gotta give Young Sheldon a wide berth. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
All right. Oh, God. I think that'll do it for this week. Thank you so much for listening. You can send us your questions and topics to podcast at filmpulse.net. You can follow us on Twitter at filmpulse.net and at filmpulsekevin. And if you have a minute, consider reviewing us on iTunes. That would be super helpful. For Kevin, make sure my name is Adam Patterson. We'll see you next week.